previously on Suspicion. There's a small graveyard up there on the hill that has uh, Ed Dossett's grave. You know, she said that Ed had been going downhill, but he still wanted to go out visit with his cows, and he went out by himself without anybody around. Within a couple of days, I started getting calls from farmers, and they're saying, domestic cattle do not stampede. He was instructed to do a really quick autopsy, open him up, shut him up, and let's bury him quick. point, Raynella Dossett Leith has stood before two juries in the death of her second husband, David Leith. The first can't decide whether Raynella killed him or not. What I'm going to do is uh, I'm going to declare a mistrial in this case. The second had no trouble. Uh, we found the defendant <laughs> Neither jury heard from Raynella. I do not wish to testify. And neither jury heard about Raynella's first husband, Ed Dossett. He was the district attorney general, the county's top prosecutor, who died under mysterious circumstances in 1992, 11 years before David Leith. And he was the other husband Raynella was accused of killing. So even among those who who were willing to concede that she might have killed David, there was still hesitation, you're saying, among just general people about whether she actually had anything to do with Ed's death. Yes, and there's also a lot of speculation that even if she did help Ed's death along, it might have been an act of mercy. There There was a great deal of sentiment about that. Ed Dossett was dying of cancer when Raynella said she found his body trampled to death by a herd of cattle on their farm on Solway Road. That's the story Raynella and Ed's chief deputy put out to the medical examiner, Randall Pedigo. Because is it possible that this thing was staged by the, by the family, even with Ed's consent? Yes, that's possible. And to reporters like Jim Ballack. I, I think maybe it was... At least initially, is it, oh, poor old Eddie, he went down there, he was having his last hurrah or something like that, and he collapsed and couldn't get up. Well, that's maybe half right. Ed couldn't have gotten up. He couldn't have done anything. From the Knoxville News Sentinel and the USA Today Network, Tennessee... This is Suspicion. Raynella gave permission for only a partial autopsy to be done on her husband's body. 
That autopsy included routine blood samples sent off to be tested for drugs. Nobody waited around for those results. And by the time the results did come back, Ed's death had been ruled an accident. His body had been buried. And his double indemnity life insurance had paid up. I thought, even with our autopsy, I expected, fully expected, the insurance company to deny the payment and me to wind up in court with the family trying to prove this. But they didn't. We withdrew the blood samples at that time, and they're sent off to the laboratory. And even still, it takes weeks to get the laboratory is so backed up. And when it came back, I did see it, and his opiate level, that's the narcotics, were elevated. I'm really elevated. Well, it was very, very high level of uh, morphine. That's lethal. Dr. Dorinka Malusnik-Polchan reviewed those blood test results after a team of special prosecutors reopened the investigation into Ed Dossett's death. She said there's no way Ed could have made it to the corral or stood up from his wheelchair or probably even kept breathing, not with that much morphine in his system. One can argue, well, in hospice patients, you expect high doses of morphine that over time some... uh, a level of tolerance can develop, however, never to that extent. I mean, you know, when you are, you, you cannot be walking around and going to the pasture with hundreds and hundreds of nanograms of morphine, you know, in, in, in your uh, blood. It just doesn't happen. You're bedridden and you're pretty much dying. So, so that's, that was very concerning. Did you see anything in what you were given to support the idea that he was trampled by cattle? Absolutely nothing. That was enough for Richard Fisher and his assistants, Mac McCoyne and Cynthia Schimmel, the special prosecutors heading up the case against Raynella. They put Dr. Malusnik's opinion together with Pedigo's initial suspicions. Dr. Pedigo was very candid. When I called him, uh, he said, I've been waiting a long time for this phone call. They saw the means. He wasn't trampled. There was one hoof print on his bib of his overalls. There was a lethal dose in his system. The motive? They got double indemnity on insurance policy, that's why. So and he was going to hang around for a year. Okay. So she just and if he got died, tired it, of waiting? It would have been single pay, not double. And the opportunity. We know that she had given, administered a dose to him shortly before he died. I mean, the evidence was, was there. And it was enough for a grand jury that indicted Raynella on first-degree murder charges in Ed Dossett's death. But was it enough for a trial? That case probably should have been tried first, and we had to make a decision. So Fisher and his team huddle with their boss, Steve Bebb, the out-of-town DA who reopened the case. Which murder charge do they try first? One case is nearly 15 years old. The evidence is incomplete. He was instructed to do a really quick autopsy, open him up, shut him up, and let's bury him quick. Anytime you have a cold case file, you have a lot of barriers that don't exist in a homicide that occurred that's being investigated and you go to the grand jury within a month or something like that. You know, Witnesses forget, they die off, they move all over the country, everything becomes harder. 
The other case is fresher, with better forensics and more witnesses on hand with clearer memories. The David Leith murder was just easy, I thought. The uh, D.A. Dossett murder was not as clear-cut and as easy, and it just looked a whole lot easier to Bib and to me, and Bib was the guy I worked for, to go ahead and try the uh, Leith murder first and then the Dossett second. And the decision, if we lost because the first case, then we'd tee up the second one. So it was decided. They'd try Raynella for David Leith's death first. Meanwhile, prosecutors still had gaps in their theory about Ed Dossett. Did he die at the house or outside the corral? How did his body get there? They still can't agree. He couldn't get to the barn without somebody taking him or helping him. And I think that when he went was taken up there, he was in that state. Oh, when he was taken up there, I think he was dead. He might have been, but we don't know. Raynella could not have moved the body by herself. Did she have help? There was a thought that it might be Mr. Leith because he did do things around there for him, helped, helped. Mr. Dossett, and of course that's how they met. Whether that's true or not, I don't know. Whether If it did happen, was she getting rid of him because he knew or was about to tell? Who knows? You know, those are all just things that go through your mind. Potential theories, but do you have the proof of it? No. And one thing they had for husband number two that they didn't have for husband number one is a complete autopsy. And they needed it. Because there was maybe one hole in their argument that only Raynella could have delivered the massive morphine dose that killed Ed. He was on a morphine pump implanted in his body. We even got an, an identical one to see how it worked. It would meter doses of morphine to him automatically. Which raises the possibility of uh, him having indeed been in the, in the corral and followed down, stepped on by a cow, perhaps that smashed the pump or broke the pump and shot the whole water morphine into it. What if a cow stepped on the pump which was full of morphine and, and it ruptured? He could have gotten flooded with morphine just from that. It is in the interest of justice to know everything you can and leave no stone unturned. Pedigo, the medical examiner, knew about the pump when he oversaw the initial autopsy on Ed's body. But that was before the blood test came back and before Ed's morphine levels became a question. One thing that we did not do at the autopsy that I wish we had, that narcotic pump should have been examined, and we didn't. Why was that not examined? We didn't think it was significant in what was going on. If we removed it, we had to send it back to the manufacturer and have them test it. And in, in retrospect, that should have been done, uh, but it wasn't. Did a cow step on the pump? Did that cause those morphine levels to go higher than the moon? Without the pump, the experts couldn't say. 
and we thought that to be able to have that would be a key to the prosecution. And I can tell you for a fact there are going to be a lot of uh, experts who would fly all over the United States to testify that you cannot really render diagnosis of uh, drug overdose without proper scene investigation, without looking at, you know, the head, without uh, maybe sampling some other tissue. So the prosecutors needed that pump. They needed to test it. They needed a complete autopsy. And there was only one way to get it. Dig Ed Dossett's body up. It's available evidence that could make the case a lot stronger. It could make it weaker. And I think in, in the interest of justice, you need that information. This is not just a last resort. Under the law, it's the last resort of all last resorts. They couldn't dig the body up without a court order. So prosecutors filed a motion for exhumation to open Ed Dossett's grave beside his sons in the family cemetery on the farm he loved and haul out his corpse for a second autopsy. It's not as uh, ghoulish as it may sound. Try explaining that to Ed's surviving children. It is a touchy, touchy thing. I mean, if we set aside that she may well be the killer, but I mean, with uh, I'm assuming that you were, I mean, you're sympathetic to that viewpoint anyway, at least. Oh, absolutely, is... because I always look at his, his family. I mean, mm -hmm. yes, they're children, they're daughters, and... Um, whenever we had exhumation, and I had several exhumations, it's an extremely traumatic event for the family members, very traumatic. Sometimes they tell me it's going through that same pain of losing the loved one all over again, and maybe even potentiated by the fact that now we have suspicion of something. The move kicked off a separate court battle almost as ugly as the two trials for Raynella. Her lawyer, James A.H. Bell, called the idea an abomination. The information that they need can come from the University of Tennessee medical records rather than taking a shovel and digging up Mr. Dawson. Well, think about this on that, on that standpoint. Not only would, would the idea of, of having the loved one dug up again remains disturbed, the fact that they're buried on the farm would have added to that kind of emotional concern. Of course, the opposing view would be she don't want him dug up because she knows that she killed him. I mean, we're, we're, did you hear the, that kind of chatter as well? That, that would, yeah, that, that, would, that were allegations along those lines, put it that way. Ed's two daughters hired their own lawyer to fight the move. So now the prosecution has two sides lined up against them in court. Guess which side had the emotional advantage? I could see their sentimental point on it, maybe, but... But, Mac, isn't that those... I mean, I get for the girls, maybe, but... For Raynella to resist when she's your suspect? You know what I mean? I mean, I, f I find that odd that she even gets a voice in that. I found it repulsive and odd yeah. both. I mean, again, I understand that maybe the legal process, but that struck me, even when I wasn't covering it, as, they well, knew, of course they she knew doesn't want they, him dug up. They couldn't gain a thing with an autopsy, is what I suspect they knew. 
So in some ways, you were a little outnumbered. You had weeping family members yes. and that, that's, uh, that's a not judge. Have, that Ed shouldn't Johnson. have anything to do with it. Well, it did. People, people, they get murdered. There's a lot of weeping going on. Richard Baumgartner, the same judge who heard both of Raynella's trials so far, heard the arguments for and against digging up Ed's body. And what's enough for the prosecutors wasn't enough for him. Under Tennessee law, proving you need to dig up a body is even harder than proving someone should go to prison. Prosecutors have to show two things. One, there's no other way to get the information. Two, they're likely to get the information if they desecrate the Dossett family cemetery and dig Ed's body up. And their best witness, Dr. Malusnik, testified against them. It's, it's hard, you know, it's, it's hard to really render any good, professional, honest opinion whether there would be any value in uh, exhuming Mr. <laughs> Dossett's body at this point. That's very questionable. Malusnik told the judge she couldn't swear that 15-plus years later there was going to be enough left of Ed Dossett's body to test for morphine residue. But I want to push back just a little bit. Don't you want to know if that morphine pump was functioning properly? Wouldn't that be important? Of course. I mean, in you know my I mean? case, I, that would be one of the number one things that I would look at. Absolutely. Yes. Uh, I, I, so many years have passed. It's not, you know, that I, I'm not curious. I mean, it's not a simple procedure. It's 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 expensive procedure. It, a lot of steps have to be taken, you know, to, to make sure that it's done properly with the chain of custody. Investigation it has to be reinvestigated. Um, but the main question actually in court was, uh, would we receive the valid information and satisfactory information? And I, I'm not sure that we could so many years later. And that was enough for Bumgarner. He essentially told prosecutors, you can't promise me this won't end up being a huge waste of time and money on a process that won't tell us a thing. Get out of here. Besides, the judge wanted to know, you have the drug tests already. You know the morphine levels. You got the murder indictment. So why did you charge this woman with killing her husband if you don't think you have enough to prove it? And even now, prosecutors have to admit, he's right. Can you, can you prosecute it without it? Yes. No? Yes? Can okay. you prosecute it right now? Yeah. Do you think you could successfully get a conviction without exhumation? Without yeah, yes, I think so. I think now, in light of all the history of the case, you might be able to get an exhumation. And, uh, but the question was, do you need one? Well, it would help. And it would provide more forensic proof and it would... I think you need to go through every avenue you can, and uh, I would want to do the exhumation to prosecute it. Well, I wouldn't put it off just for that reason, because you can't name one thing you're going to get out of it that you don't already know, and that's the drug that killed him. That's right. We can't name anything we don't huh. know. But the prosecutors didn't give up. Three times they asked to dig up Ed's body each time with more arguments to show why they need that pump and why they need that second autopsy. And three times the judge said no. And I have to say, 
in his written ruling denying it, 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 made, it's, it made perfect sense to me, following the law. Eventually, prosecutors moved on. They had two trials to handle in David Leith's death. They had James A.H. Bell fighting them every step of the way. They had court TV broadcasting their every move to the world. They had one jury that couldn't decide whether Raynell is innocent or guilty. And then in January of 2010, they got a win. Uh, we found the defendant guilty. Total shock. Total shock by her, total shock by her attorney. Just total shock. Everybody had to step back for a minute to take in what that meant in terms of a, a life sentence. Were you shocked? Oh, I'd be lying if I say I wasn't a little bit. It was certainly a victory for Mr. Leith and for his daughter that we thought justice had been brought. Raynella Dossett Leith was sent to the Tennessee Prison for Women to serve a life sentence for the murder of David Leith. I believe you made the comment earlier about, what was it, about 23? 23 out of 24 jurors agreed that she was guilty. Yeah, I like to say that. And prosecutors headed back to court with one more motion on Ed Dossett. They dropped the case. When she was found guilty, then we decided not to pursue it further because she received a life sentence. She's got one breast gone due to cancer. She's looking at life in prison. Why put all the players through it again just for the publicity? I didn't want to do that. Perhaps we may should have. You know, it's hard to tell. Do you regret that? <sighs> no, I don't. I don't know if we could have ever gotten anyone, any judge up there to, to let us exhume him. Certainly, Judge Baumgartner at the time uh, denied us. Without the exhumation, there's a big question mark. If you can't get it, go on to the next case. And that was the end of this case. Or it might have been. Except the judge who sentenced Raynella is about to make his own appearance in another court. We later find out that there's whispers in the hallways, but there's nobody saying, OK, look, you need to straighten up. And this time, he won't be on the bench. on the next episode of Suspicion. Well, at the time, he looked pretty worn and haggard, and I just thought that was from weariness. I, I had no idea what the problem was. Stop what you're doing before you destroy yourself. You are killing my soul. Every day that he got away with it emboldened him, like, other, like any other addict. How do they know how much he took at that time? And how do they know that the amount he took milligram-wise 
would have affected him detrimentally to the case. This episode of Suspicion is written by Matt Lakin and narrated by me, Courtney Roark. It is produced by John Garcia, Erica Whitney, and Angela Gosnell. Original theme music by Elijah Newman and Chris Potosik. Sound engineered by Elijah Newman. You can subscribe to Suspicion wherever you typically listen to podcasts. Be sure to rate and leave a review as well. You can also keep up to date with us on social media. Find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at SuspicionPod.